Hi, you're listening to the Rare Bird Podcast. My name is Michelle Blair Wilker, the author of Chain-Linked Stories. Hi, and I'm Lucy Jane Bledsoe, the author of a novel, The Evolution of Love. Nice to be here. Hi, Lucy. Hi. I am so knee-deep in your book. I just love the setting and the characters, and it's just such an in- intriguing topic. Thank you. That's so good to hear. Yeah, it was really fun to write it, especially about the Bay Area since I live here. So writing about a lot of places just where I'm walking and hanging out every day was really fun. How did you come up for the idea for the evolution of love? Well, it's funny because I've been a re- always been a very optimistic person. I love people. Um, and in the last few years, I've been feeling a lot of despair, like I think mm. a lot of us have just because things are so crazy in the world. Um, and so I, I was thinking about that, and I, I was thinking about how people come together in community and how does that happen exactly. So I wanted to take a community in crisis and show how the people from diverse backgrounds come together and and, and work with each other and make home and make uh, food kitchens and build mm. shelters and pull pull themselves together and and. and I don't know. I think the media will often have us think in crises. There's a lot of looting and and conflict when in fact what happens is people um, really help one another. So I wanted to show that. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Great. And I also like how, you know, in some chapters you switch the perspective. You know, it's not just, you know, you've got Lily in one chapter and then you've got Annie kind of telling her you know, where she's at, and then Kalisha. So I thought that was really interesting to get into that, you know, it's not just one perspective, you get a little bit into each character's head. Well, and in a way that makes it a little bit like a collection of short stories like your book. I mean, each, everyone has their own story. I love doing that in novels. It's difficult because you want each character to be as engaging um, and compelling as the other characters. But I love showing how different people look at the same event in a really different way. Yeah. Um, So I, you know, I, but it's harder because you have to tackle so many different voices. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm sure. So how long did it take you to write this book? Oh my gosh, uh, years. <laughs> you know how it is. How yeah. long did it take you to write yours? Five. Five, five years. Yeah. Five and were you sending out short stories as you went to, to different places to get published? Yeah, yeah. A number of those stories have appeared in uh, literary magazines. So as I write, I have a process. I finish a story and then I submit and, you know, mostly gets rejected. <laughs> of course, that's true for all of us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, but but not all of them have ran, but I would say maybe six or seven ran in, in other publications. And then I compiled them, you know, obviously into a book. So. Okay. Yeah. And then what was the publishing story of the book? I just solicit, you know, I don't have an agent and I just emailed publishers blindly for about a year and I and agents too you know I did a what they call a query and you know some people require to send a chapter or the whole manuscript or you know and summarize kind of what the book is and mostly got ignored Um, and then about after I'd say nine to ten months I got an acceptance from a publisher I wrote a story about Montauk and uh, the publisher goes to Montauk, so that story kind of spoke to him. Oh, neat. Yeah, so, yeah, it wasn't easy, and actually, when I got accepted, I was a little shocked that it worked. <laughs> oh, that's great. And so when did the book come out? So the book just came out uh, June 19th, so 
very, very recent. And your book came out right in, in May, right? Yes, in May. Yeah. 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 So, so right after. Very yeah. similar. So have you been having fun with its rollout and, and doing events? And has it, have you enjoyed meeting your audience? Yeah. I mean, mostly my audience is people I know. Yeah. Okay. So I would love to get to a wider audience. But yeah, it's really, it's great to see, you know, people, um, you know, I, ha- I have another job where I really make my living at. So for people to see this side of me, I think they were kind of surprised and, oh, my God, that's what you do. And, you know, they, they kind of don't know that side of you. So that's been kind of exciting. How about you? Well, I just have to ask another question. First. What, no, is yes. your, what is your other job? What's, what's your day job? Um, I'm a TV producer. Oh, OK. All right. So you know a lot about story. Yeah, well, I work, yes, I do, but I also, I'm like a logistical producer in TV, so everything I do is putting it together, as opposed to being the creative, so I kind of do more like, they're like, make this happen, and that's what I do. Got it, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah interesting, yeah. Well, I, I write curriculum um, during the day. I write, I, I do that as freelance. I did it for years as an in-house writer and now I just do it, which is, I really enjoy it because it usually involves a whole lot of research mm-hmm. and a lot of my stories and ideas for my own fiction come out of that research. So it dovetails nicely. Yeah, I was going to ask if you did a lot of research because it w- I would think you would have to for that kind of book, absolutely. I, I seem to do a lot. Every single time I've, I've I've done several books and every yeah. time I say this time I'm going to write something I just know because the research <laughs> is so time consuming and I always go off into these big research projects again. I don't know. And I, I guess I really enjoy doing the research and it also mm-hmm. fuels my imagination. But yeah, the evolution of love required a lot of research. I, wa- I wanted to make sure I got everything right. I didn't want to write a novel about an earthquake and have, you know, earth scientists or seismologists go, Oh wow. No, she messed up. Right. So I interviewed a lot of seismologists. I really looked at places where earthquakes have happened. I really wanted, I actually sometimes think of the, the kind of stories I write as extreme realism. I just mm-hmm. like to get the detail, even though it's fiction, I like to get it as close to truth as I can. So I end up doing tons of research. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it seemed very realistic. Like, I could totally see this being a movie. You know what I mean? I just, oh, that would be great. Yes. Yeah. yeah. The, visit, the visualization of it uh, and the topic, you know, like sort of like there's a disaster and what happens. Like, that's very, that makes for a great story. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's probably more dramatic than some of the things I write. I mean, a great big earthquake that devastates an area. I'm, I don't usually go into that kind of territory. I, I write mm-hmm. more about relationships between people. Mm-hmm. And actually, I think this book is mainly about relationships about between people. I don't have a lot of scenes of, mm-hmm. you know, gory devastation. No, <laughs> no, no. A few of them. But yeah, I'm really mostly interested in what happens between people. So, yeah. Yeah. And during a disaster, like how do they react and how do they how do they connect and, and relate to each other? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think all story, all stories I, I think about, I want to take characters in some way and squeeze them, like put pressure on them to see what what happens then. So, I mean, whether it's an emotional squeeze or in this case, it's the earthquake, which is this huge, uh, you know, climatic or I should say environmental disaster squeeze but that's always the interesting way of seeing what happens with people I mean when you're writing a story how do you think about bringing your character out in the within the plot I would say probably with details you know Mm -hmm. like 
what what they look like, what they're thinking, what they see, how, how they react to people. You know, I, I don't. No, your, your details are really rich. You really do you. that wonderfully. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, sometimes when I write, you know, like you'd think I'd be more organized about it, but I don't really outline. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I write a story, I kind of have an idea and then I have a, a notebook where I just write kind of words and things and ideas that that are I want to bring up, you know, mm-hmm. but I so half of the time I don't know where I'm going. And I, and I sometimes I have to think about it and I just write a little bit at a time and then go back to it. So yeah. that may be why it takes me forever to write stuff. But <laughs> Right. It's it's funny you should bring that up because people like to ask that question a lot. Are you a, yeah. are you an outline writer or do you just write as you go? And I love answering it because especially to people who know me pretty well because right. I say, well, I'm just I'm actually a very organized person. And I like I really like to control my environment. And they're like, uh-huh, uh-huh, thought uh-huh. so. And then I think, but. I, when I'm writing, it's the exact opposite. I cannot write an outline for the life of me. Right. It's a complete mess. It's like I just like dive in and all these pieces. And I keep trying to find an organization. And I, hopefully, eventually I do. But um, I think maybe that's one reason I love writing. It's, it somehow just takes me into a whole different realm it's so not me because it's so messy but right. um but it just is and it's ne- every single time I say okay I'm gonna I'm gonna really like get an outline or I'm gonna figure out where I'm going first and it'll make it easier but I never do I just sort of write into the mess and keep writing the mess and then rewriting yeah. so many times until I get it to be something I want it to be yeah I kind of do the same thing and it's funny that you say that because I'm like a super type a organized person and I have to be that way in my TV job but when it comes to the like if you guys if somebody looked at my notebook and <laughs> like yeah. what does that word mean what does that happen you know so I, I, I kind of have an I usually get an idea of like a character or something you know that happens but I don't necessarily know how I want to end it and sometimes I'm a little short on plot and a little more on detail and character. Mm-hmm. So that's something I try to work on because, you know, sometimes not a lot happens in my stories. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's just sort of kind of the writer I am, I guess, right now. Well, actually, one of the things I really liked about your stories was the endings. No. Um, the stories are very, they end in a very open-ended way. Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost like they end at the start of a story. Like, I'm particularly thinking of the story Mac mm-hmm. or the story, the title story, Chain Link. Mm-hmm. It's like you finish them, you think, oh, I mean, it's in this really uh, pleasing way. They sort of launch you off into your imagination a whole other direction. They feel finished. It's not that they don't feel finished, but it's it's very open-ended. I, I like that. Yeah, sometimes I like to leave it open to interpretation, you know, what the reader thinks about it. Like some people are like, is she dead? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Do you think she's dead? A lot of people have asked me about Last Glimpse of Fred. Does he go to, does he come back? I'm like, uh-huh. I don't know. Does he? What yeah. do you think? Yeah. So I kind of like to do that, leave it open. I mean, I do have my own idea in my head, but I do kind of like to leave it open because I think it's more fun, you know, to to think about what what you think it would be. Well, one yeah. of the things I enjoy hearing from readers is when I think I've written a story and I think I know what it means. And then someone will write me and say, oh, my God. You know, hopefully they'll say, I love this. And it really helped me with this issue in my life. I'm like, that issue? It's like, <laughs> I didn't think I had addressed anything about that. But that's fine. I mean, it's kind of cool. You know, it's like, okay, it's it's 
on the page now and it's the reader's book and they can take from it whatever they want. And it's kind yeah. of part of the journey. I really enjoy that actually, hearing what people get from what I've written. Um, it's also gratifying when they get exactly what you intended. I mean, that's also yeah. a nice response. It's like, oh, phew, okay, I did right. it. Yeah, uh, some, sometimes you're like, what? You thought that? <laughs> All right. You know, I know. Yeah. 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 So I'm really interested to hear you. So I th I think I read that you went to Ant you've been to Antarctica a couple of times. Yes. Yes. Oh, you have to tell me about that. That's amazing. Well, I I I really love exploring anywhere on this planet, and I read that there was this National Science Foundation fellowship that will do an all expenses paid trip to Antarctica. Um, but you have to have a project that you mm -hmm. want to do there and you have to have people who are going to publish your project, that kind of thing. Anyway, so I devised a whole novel idea, a couple ideas actually, and pitched them. Um, wow. And, yeah, and it worked. And then I got to go a second time. Wow. With them. So, yeah, so I've done a couple kids' books about Antarctica and my novel a couple novels ago called The Big Bang Symphony is about three women who take jobs in Antarctica. I'm, that's was a novel that's very close to my heart because, yeah, very few people get to go there. So oh, I got yeah. these camps where very few people have been. Um, yeah. Well, that must have been a once-in-a-lifetime experience or twice-in-a-lifetime. Yeah. No, it really, really was. It's just an extraordinary place. And the communities of people living there, they're just tiny communities, of course, mm -hmm. living on the ice. And they're, they're mainly scientists and support staff. And they were just incredible people. I mean, they were super smart. They were mm -hmm. super passionate about what they do. They were, they tended to be eccentric, but in sort of this wonderful way where they accepted everyone else's eccentricities. So it was, it was, it really was exciting. I'd go back in a heartbeat if I got the chance. Oh, that's amazing. And I'm sure the wildlife was just. Oh yeah. I mean, what's cool about the wildlife in Antarctica is it, none of it has learned to be afraid of humans. So like, I mean, you just kind of imagine what the North American continent used to be like because the seals and the penguins, I mean, you, you're, you're not supposed to approach them because yeah. you're supposed to leave them alone, but you could just walk right up to them. They don't have fear of people. And it's just that in itself is extraordinary to me. Oh, wow. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Wow. That's so cool. Well, awesome. Well, I loved your book and everybody should go out and get a copy because, you know, it's something that could happen. <laughs> Uh, well, it, here in the Bay Area, it's going to happen, <laughs> and that's, that's kind of a known thing. We're overdue for the big one, and, and seismologists say that the fault that uh, we're on is just, you know, ready to go. So, yeah. So where where are you located? What part of the country are you in? I'm in Los Angeles. Oh, okay. Um, uh -huh. Yeah, live in L.A. I've lived here for a while, so, yeah. you know. Sunny, we can have earthquakes here too. So we just had one the other day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, I can see how that would have touched a personal note for you. Yeah, I mean, personally, I haven't experienced one. I mean, I have, but not like that I've noticed it. You know, it's I haven't had that experience. Because my uncle like emailed me, did you feel that earthquake? And I was like, nope. Wow. And you've been in LA for a while? Yeah, since 1999. I mean, like, no, I, I mean, it felt like maybe one, you know, but nothing, like nothing's fallen off the walls or. Yeah, 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 that's good. Yeah. Anything that you like see in a movie and they're usually so short, you know, that you're like, did a truck just hit the building or something? Right, right. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of like a weird, a weird experience. But no, not to the extent that like where I've been anywhere that where there's been damage or anything. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, so I have a question about um, your stories, and this is a question that people like to ask a lot too. And how much um, of your fiction is is from your real life? I mean, every story is fictional, but some of it is inspired by places that I've been or people that I've met. You know, some stories are a hundred percent like I just to- completely made up. Mm-hmm. based upon some exercises that I've done with, you know, taking, you know, when you get a prompt or something like that, a lot of those. But, you know, there's always a little bit of yourself in every story. And as I've grown as a writer, and now most of what I write is not based on anything that I know, just an idea or something yeah. that I hear. But, um, you know, my fir- my early works and stuff is definitely based upon people that I know and experiences that I've had, but fictionalized. But, you know, when my friends read it, they're like, hey, I know, that's you. And right. Like, and I, and but I'm sometimes like, no. they're wrong, right? I mean, people yeah. go, oh, yeah, I recognize that person. It's like, no, you don't. Yeah. <laughs> well, like the last story, Chain Linked, everybody says that's me. And that story is like totally fiction. Like I did not like walk past a basketball court and see a guy get like hit in the face with a basketball and wanted to say hi to him. But everybody's like, that was you. And I'm like, no, it wasn't. (laughs) You know, that's just because uh, I, I love that story. And I think it's because uh, it feels very immediate. I mean, and so yeah. they they feel it has to be true because they're they're feeling the emotional state of the story so much. So that's that's I think a compliment when people think that it really yeah. or that it's you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously, like pieces of it, me, like I get nervous sometimes or I can't say hi to somebody sometimes. So maybe that, in that, that's me. But, right, but there was no guy on a basketball court. No, no, yes. <laughs> no, definitely not. And I live in Los Angeles and that takes place in Silver Lake. And like I envisioned the location and that kind of stuff. But no, definitely not. But, you know, some stories, you know, the story Mac is a little in, is, is, is inspired by a teacher that I had. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. And, who who never retired. He passed away before I even graduated from high school. But it's but it's inspired by his what kind of person he was. You yeah. Know? But that story is completely fictional. Yeah. 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 So, What's the hardest part of writing fiction for you? Everything. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I was a fast writer. Like I really am some, there's a couple, you know, I took a class at UCLA where the teacher said to me, you'll have two to three stories in your life that'll just come to you and you'll write those in a week. And then everything else will be a battle. Oh. Uh, and he's, and he was right about that. Like back burner, I wrote in one week. Wow. Uh-huh. Um, but the rest of the stories take me, you know, minimum three months, I'd say between three and five months. I mean, I think if I had more time to write, I might do it a little bit faster. And if I was under a deadline, but it's a struggle, you know, and sometimes I just rewrite the same paragraph over and over again. Yeah. Isn't it frustrating when friends who are not writers are like, oh, you know, how wonderful you get to just sort of sit around and write stories. I mean, I think people don't actually realize how much work it is. Oh, my God. It's, so, it's also exhausting. I mean, sometimes I'll get, you know, the end of a writing day, and, you know, maybe I've sat, sat here for 
six hours if I've had a really good day. And I'm just completely exhausted. I think, how can that be? I've just sat at this desk and moved right. my fingers. But it just, it's so draining. Emo- it's emotionally draining. And it's like yeah. to pull it out of you. Like I say to people, it's like you're pulling your heart out of your chest and then just putting it on the table. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. So that's what it feels like. And wow, if you can do six hours, like I never make it past two to three. Like that's. Like, I don't know why I said six. I mean, I have done that, but that's like. That's yeah, great. That's amazing. Really get into it. Yeah. 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 But it's, it, and I, yeah. And I think every writer says that, you know, it's just, it, it doesn't just like, sometimes stuff does just come to you and you just write it. But I, I think how that teacher said it to me, he was really right. Like there's a couple things that are, you're just going to, wow, it's done. But the majority of it is you got to work at it. Yeah, that's interesting that your teacher said that. I, I think I've, I don't know how many, but yes, every once in a while a story just rolls out. And sometimes I wait. I think, okay, it's just going to congeal. It's going to come together somehow. And then it doesn't. I, I heard, I think Alice Walker said she wrote The Color Purple in five weeks. Oh, like, my God. And I mean, I don't think that was regular for her either, but she just had, yeah, just like poured out of her. And I keep waiting for that experience for a right. novel work, right. you know? It's like, but no, I, I rewrite everything. A bazillion times you know that I have that experience I write think oh my god this is really good this is the best thing I've ever written and then like I put it aside and I read it again it's like oh no yeah oh yeah <laughs> I exactly. any problems here especially so if you right. go back to like when I when I had to turn my manuscript into my publisher like I'd written some of those stories five years ago so like then when I went to like work on them I'm like this is terrible oh my god I can't believe he took it so then I like tried to rewrite everything again yeah yeah. yeah, I know. Well, that's the other thing. It's like, I don't think anything's ever done. I no. mean, since it's published, I'm thinking, oh, I wish, you know, I, I see things I wish I had done differently. And I feel like I can always make it better. But at a certain point, you just have to let go. Yeah, you do have to let it go. It, 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 it is hard because whenever you do read it again, you're like, oh, I hate that word. Or I should have cut that. Or I know. I know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, when I do readings in public, I often like edit it before I read it. And I, you know, it's like, wow, you know, how come I didn't see this? I went through this manuscript like eight times, you know. It's, yeah. it's, it's very hard. It's, it's a hard thing. But, you know, it, it's just in us. And that's why we got to do it. Yeah. So how long have you been writing fiction? Fiction for like maybe 10 years. I, I kind of came to fiction late. I don't think I ever thought I could do fiction. I've always written essays and articles and I was a history major, but I kind of wish I had come to creative writing a little earlier in my life. You know, I discovered it uh, not till I was 35. It's so, so fun, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, that's the thing I have to read. A friend of mine was just writing me this morning that she's really struggling with a manuscript. And I was just advising her to, like, remember how much fun it is. Because sometimes that helps me. I think, wait a minute, I'm doing this because I love it. Um, and I really do love it. I mean, just getting to make up stories and make up all these relationships among all these people. It's its really cool. It is cool. And its it's very creative. And, you know, you can do what you want. And... That's, I think I always thought like, can I, can I write about something I don't know about? Which was like hard for me at yeah. one point to think that I could do that. And that, and, you know, and that's why your earlier stories are kind of based upon stuff that you know. But um, once you get away from that, I'm like, oh, I guess I can write like in the voice of somebody else. Yeah. You know? 
And so yeah, I mean, to me, it's kind of one of the coolest things about writing that it's a way that we can imagine being someone else, which is kind of an act of compassion or empathy in a way where you can actually project yourself into a whole other person with all different kinds of identifiers and attributes than you. And like, I mean, I think one of the hardest things writing for me is to, when I have a, a bad actor or, mm. or, you know, making, getting inside them and feeling them. I mean, I want all my characters to I want to know how that person feels inside. And that's mm -hmm. really hard, but it's, it stretches me way out, way more than I do in my own life where I'm just like, rah, 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 about yeah. when I'm writing, I have to like really care, basically really care about all my characters, even the awful ones. Right. Um, that's a, it's a nice stretch. So. And would this person do that? Like I, I started to write another story in, in the winter about these two ladies, these two widows, mm -hmm. and I couldn't get into them. I couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it was. So then I stopped and I wrote a story about a guy and his tree. And for some reason, I could really get into him. Huh. And, then, and I don't know what it was. But, yeah, sometimes some characters you can just, like, you know them better. You know, like, I was like, I know this guy. I know his voice. I know what he thinks. I know what kind of guy he is. But with those yeah. two ladies, I could, for some reason, I couldn't do it, so I stopped. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Do you usually start with character then? I don't know. With this particular story, I have a story out now for consideration called The Ficus. Mm -hmm. And I was a little, uh, I was a little, had writer's block a little bit. And I was like, I don't know what to write about. And I was just writing all this stuff down. And then I was like, a bush, a tree, a uh -huh. ficus. Uh -huh. So then I just wanted to write about how you can't, you know, you can't control nature. Yeah. You know, if a ficus is, is, is planted outside. And this was a guy who wanted to control everything so but you know you never you never win mother nature always wins yeah that uh, that that sounds like a good story I remember I had a landlord once who was always outside my window like pruning all the trees and he and he kept saying you just you just can't let him go <laughs> he just cracked me up he was just like attacking all this beautiful like rose bushes and stuff because he was afraid of them being out of control yeah so that's always that's yeah I always try to think of a concept or sometimes the title just comes to me how about you yeah I mean sometimes that's actually a downfall for me I I start with a concept or an idea that yes. I like and then I have to assign characters and sometimes that works really well and sometimes it doesn't work because I just have the idea and I you know I kind of can't get my characters into that idea often my I think my favorite way to start a story is the way I did the Big Bang Symphony or the evolution of love is um, actually starting with a setting I like writing about place a lot and thinking about people's relationship to their you know physical environment and actually often to natural environments so that's my favorite way to enter a story when I do it with an idea I'm often very passionately attached to the idea, but it's more of a struggle getting my characters attached to it. Yeah, yeah. No, I get that because I'm usually, it's the idea of what it is, and then and then I'm like, but what happens? Right. <laughs> I think plot is actually the very hardest part of all things. Oh, for me. I, yeah. I just, yeah, I never want to have a plot, or I, or I have a plot, and I'm every time I go through the manuscript, I find illogical parts and contradictions, and it's just, it's so difficult to make a plot work yeah no I agree that is probably the the thing I struggle with the most because I always have great ideas for characters or setting or or just something weird and then I'm like but what happened what do they do what happened yeah <laughs> or or your characters do things that don't fit the plot but you really right. like what they did it's like right. it's a really interesting scene but it no longer works 
with the plot that you had planned. So then what, you know? Yeah. Well, you have to have help friend help like read. Cause I just, in my story, I, I had a line about my guy, the ficus guy being a hippie and my friends like, he wouldn't be a hippie. He's too organized. Uh-huh. And, I, and I was like, Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah. So sometimes, you know, your readers really help. Yeah. A lot. I mm-hmm. like, I like to have both writer readers and non writer readers because most of the people who are reading our books are actually not writers. Yeah. And their feedback and I think sometimes writers make the mistake of having only other writers give them feedback, and then it gets into this very heady writerly thing, yeah, uh, which is often very helpful on one level, but I have to remember that that's a writerly thing. And then when I give it to my friends who are just big readers but aren't writers, their feedback is very interesting because they're just like, eh, I don't like this character, which, <laughs> you know may or may not be a valid criticism, but it's information that can be really useful. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So do you, do you have any new projects on the horizon or you're just in book promotion mode? Well, I do have a, a collection of short stories coming out next month. So I'm oh, that's, that. well, you are a prolific writer. Wow. Well, you know, I know I'm not that prolific. It just happened that I had three projects that my agent sort of sold all at once. So they're coming out, you know, one after another. So it looks as if Evolution of Love came out in May, and, and my stories are coming out this fall. It's not like I sat down after Evolution you know, came out and right. wrote the stories. So the stories I've been writing and publishing over the course of many years. And, it's also, and I had two novels, The Evolution of Love and the one before that was called The Thin Bright Line. And I had been writing both of them basically at the same time. I'd oh, work wow. six months, and then I'd work on the other for six months and kind of go back and forth. So all of this work that's coming out all in these couple of years, I've been working on for many years, actually. So, Wow. Well, congratulations. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Well, Very this, inspiring. Yeah. It's been great talking with you. I yes. just loved I, your short stories. The name of the book is Chain Linked, right? Yes, Chain Linked. And Chain. the evolution of love is, an, is, a, is a very amazing uh, story of you know, what happens during a disaster and you guys should all go out and get it. And you should all go out and get chain link. Yeah. Awesome. Well, it was great talking with you, Michelle. Thanks so much. Great talking to you, Lucy. Thank you.